0: It is Tuesday, and welcome back to the How to Life podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Jaggett, and you picked a good show to listen to today. This is episode 38. As you all know, we don't always get our way in life. Sometimes things just do not turn out as we planned, and that can be very frustrating and disappointing. With that said, I don't want you to think that you can't have what you want. You can. You may need to tweak it a bit, revamp it. Or just keep at it until you get there. Or you can just let go, be still, and just be for a little bit and see what shows up for you. Today, I'm speaking to Colin Clapp, who together with his partner Ellie and their two young daughters did just that when it all fell apart for them. And now they've become a full-time location-independent world-schooling family committed to inspiring others to live life without regrets. If you found this episode and it resonates, it was not an accident. You're going to really enjoy and possibly relate as Colin talks about how self-discovery and surrendering has led to a pretty wonderful journey that he never had imagined. Good morning, Colin. Welcome to the How to Life podcast.
1: Good morning, Laura. And I know it is good morning to you. Thank you for staying up into the wee hours.
0: It technically is morning for me. I am doing this recording at, what are we, 1.15 in the morning, and that's because Colin is in a different time zone than I am. Colin, before we get started, if you would please just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and where you are right now. Okay, thank you. Um, so ha- hello, everyone. Um, I am
1: Colin Clamp of Parenting Passports and Profits. Uh, I'm a dad and a chief techie of the family. I have a wonderful partner, Ellie, and two small girls, uh, one about to turn seven and one about to turn two. And we are a full-time traveling family currently in Albania, in Europe. So we're on Central European time. Where are
0: you from originally?
1: Uh, So I was born in the UK. I emigrated to New Zealand when I was 38. I'm now a New Zealand citizen. I travel on a New Zealand passport and we consider ourselves a New Zealand family. Uh, But we left New Zealand in 2017 and have had no permanent home since.
0: Any regrets about that or are you liking that decision?
1: We are loving that decision. Uh, It was an accidental journey. It wasn't planned, but we have fallen in love with the lifestyle.
0: What led to the decision to be without a country so to speak
1: that's a great question guys when i was a young adult i was you know career driven and um, trying to make my way in the world i didn't know personal development i didn't understand the value of education i did not want kids and i did not want to get married i had to go through a lot of um ups and downs of just normal life through my 20s and 30s to make me wake up to why I didn't want children and why I didn't want to get married. And I did that work. And so when I say I did that work, I worked on myself, but it came on the back of a relationship breakup. I'd never even heard of personal development until this relationship breakup made me look in the mirror for the first time. And from that moment forth that I became a advocate of lifelong learning, learning about yourself, learning about the world, learning about opportunities, business. And, and, you know, I've never stopped reading and listening and watching and taking courses
0: since. What happened there that made you take a good look at yourself finally? I was very bitter about this breakup. And I
1: found myself in Australia. And then suddenly I had no job no university no girlfriend or partner and my desire to go and live abroad was like presented to me and i like well it's now or never you've been you've been preparing for this for many many years to live abroad so yeah, did yeah, you feel
0: ahead. that you had to change something about yourself in order to change your circumstance
1: yes and the revelation was there was a little story that was a trigger i arrived in australia uh, with this view, like how am I going to how am I going to get this new life where I don't have to grow old in England? So Australia was the first stopping point in me discovering other parts of the world that I could be. But I'm not a young man. I'm like I'm, like, I'm in my mid thirties. I haven't got the partner I thought I was going to have in the last few years, and I'm bitter. One day I went out for dinner with a guy who was a friend of a friend, and and he invited another friend, and during the conversation. I said something where I must have been venting and this stranger said something along the lines of get over yourself, move on. Not long after that is the day I was in the bookshop and I just looked at a book that I'd never seen before. And something in that book made me go, you need to read this. And from that moment, I have not stopped reading those types of books Mm -hmm. and my library of those books and my understanding of myself and all those things is immensely different which is a very very long-winded way of answering your first question about why did we go traveling and the reason we went traveling as a family is because we lost a business Uh, we invested in a business and we it didn't go how we planned cut a long story short enough was enough but in order for enough to enough I had to go to a very dark place. I had to wake up one day and go, it's not working, is it, Cole? Everything you've done in the last 15 months to pursue what you thought was going to be an improvement on your life has actually had the opposite effect. You're burnt out. Ellie's burnt out. You've lost a lot of money. You're potentially going to lose a lot more and tied in all of this up. You know, there's there's a phrase... If you find yourself in a hole, the best thing you can do is stop digging. However bad this feels right now, you got to stop digging because it's not getting better, it's getting worse. At that moment in time, though, there was no thought of the next move. The only move was stop. I literally remember walking out the house, walked through the forest, and I would eventually hit the beach. But I literally just sat on the beach... But I watched the moon come up, and I just sat in darkness for hours and hours and hours, just knowing that this chapter of my life had ended. It slapped us in the face and took us to a place in human development that I had never been. Business-wise, intellectual-wise, I just had to brush myself down and start all over again. There was a sense of relief, but what happened next needed time. It needed, you know, there was... There was logistics fallout, there was emotional fallout, there was financial fallout, and we needed to do something different. And what came out of that was we would leave our house and we would leave Christchurch. But I specifically remember saying to Ellie when we left, all we need to do right now is just be. That's all we need to do. We don't have to make any decisions about what we're going to do next. We just have to remember what it's like to smile again, love again, be happy again, be present. And we're going to go to your mums and that's all we're going to do. And in time, our brains and our emotions and our hearts will recover and we will get the signs we need to decide what we need to do next.
0: That's very good advice, Colin, because things fall apart for everyone in varying degrees. And I like what you said there, that you told Ellie, all we have to do is be. It's not a good idea to plan from that sort of chaotic sense. So just stop and reset. What happened after that?
1: During this period, I was given a book called The Entrepreneur's Suitcase, I think. And it was about this um, female traveling person who had made a life for ourselves just travelling around the world living out of a suitcase. And it just was our first exposure to what we now embrace as digital nomadism or location independent living. And this book was fascinating to Ellie and I both as sort of travellers in the past. And we saw enough inside this book that was like, we could do that, <laughs> that, that would work so as we read this book about this traveling uh, suitcase entrepreneur we saw enough inside that there was like well yeah there's other ways to make money online and we could go abroad and live a lot less expensively than we could if we stay in New Zealand so with the funds we do have left we could have a much better quality of life because we were very present to we can't go and burn ourselves out again we've got to you know, a two-year-old little girl who needs attention, who were planning to homeschool, and, you know, we already saw ourselves as homeschoolers. Um, We also need to be happy with each other and be, you know, nurture our own relationship. And if we do that inside New Zealand where there's a high cost of living and try and make it work in New Zealand, we could just keep exposing ourselves to a level of stress. So these are all signs the universe was giving us that, we just need to choose, we need to reinvent ourselves completely and go again. And that's what we did.
0: How did this affect your relationship with Ellie? It seems to have strengthened it.
1: Yeah. So when I had that dark moment, although that was a new place and I had never been there before, if I hadn't done what I'd done in the previous 12 years of working on myself, I wouldn't have had a toolkit to to bounce back from that. You know, that to have enough
0: eventually presence to say, we just need to be. I like that you recognize that. And I don't know if this happened to you. It probably happens to all of us to some degree. The same situations keep popping up throughout our lives until we realize I'm the common denominator. I have to change something (laughs) here about myself so that I quit recreating these situations. And that's when real growth happens. So yeah. although you had a really unpleasant experience earlier in your life, it led you to a path to better yourself. Then when you bumped into another unpleasant experience, you recovered quicker. You had learned some lessons. You had more strengths. And rather than say, oh, I failed again, you looked at it and said, I realize that I have something that is viable. I just need to tweak it a little bit.
1: Yeah, I would say in this case, it wasn't quicker recovery, but the concept of having more personal development tools in your arsenal of being is definitely pivotal. And I encourage every young person to go after their careers if, if that comes naturally to you, but definitely work on yourself in parallel, equip yourself with personal development skills, it's not a right or wrong thing to do. It's just an extra layer of maturity. If you have it, it won't do you any harm whatsoever.
0: Beautifully said. Listen, it may not feel like you know the traditional storybook happily ever after, but it is a happily ever after. You have a partner that you relate with who loves you. You love her, and you are both so excited about your journey individually and together that's the happily ever after
1: yeah i mean we do we we stay on the same bigger picture path which is to travel as a family to nurture whatever's required to make that a reality to cater for our girls um, needs cater for our own needs and just feeling of we live life without regret
0: everybody has a journey and you could sit in one place and have a journey you just goes in to travel the world and have your journey And I want to talk a little bit about that. How do you do what you do?
1: (laughs) Uh, Day by day.
0: (laughs) How do you decide where you're going to go next?
1: So it started off with uh, looking for low cost of living, you know, which is what a lot of people do in this situation. It's important to understand as a full-time traveler, that's your life. You know, you're not on holiday. You know, we have to land wherever we land and open up our laptops and get on with work. We've learned how to be very fluent in how we travel. Um, we, know when we're go- we know when we're gonna have stress points in traveling days. So we're getting better and better. Everything's become more and more systemized, how we pack, the, the length of travel journeys between rests, all of those things, the more you do it and the more in tune you are with yourself and the family, you kind of sort of see the, the stress points, the boiling points, you know, because people think you don't have any r- rhythm and rituals. Well, we do. And we're tuned into what they are and we use those to decide where we're going to go. So we never decide, oh, we want to go here because we want to see the ruins. That's not how we function.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We go, where can we live as locals?
0: How do you find places to live?
1: In general, you look for something short term for a few days that allows you to you know, have a look around the place and then... We will look for either a long-term Airbnb or we will rent an apartment. You know, we've we've lived in Malaysia for ten months in a rented apartment, house sat in Indonesia for five months, um, lived in a rented house in Vietnam for six months, um, house sat in France for seven months. So there are huge. You know, when we say we're a full-time traveling, like I say, we're slow travelers. We we want to. We like to land in a place and see if we can live as locals. We, we, never, we don't consider ourselves tourists. We're always there to sort of try and intertwine with the local fabric. And um, we get a lot of pleasure out of connecting with locals, even if we're only there for a month or two. There's just something about showing up every day and they realise you're the neighbour rather than someone who's just come for a week or two.
0: How do you find these houses? Do you just look in the classifieds word of mouth
1: absolutely we live in wonderful times with social media and, and one of its advantages is the how you can connect into a city or a destination
0: what do you do about language
1: count ourselves lucky that we speak english and
0: you were in rural france for a while how'd you do there
1: yeah, so that one was definitely different. So we all arrived in France with an enthusiasm to speak the language and have a go, at least have a go. And I think that counts for a lot wherever you go. If you're seen to be trying, that always seems to work. But in France, we were surrounded by very little English. And so it was yeah. all body language. So, you know, humans find a way to to interact and communicate, well, whatever the language.
0: It sounds like kindness is the common language. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are there any fears that you or Ellie had uh, as you were embarking on this nomadic life?
1: That's a really good question. And I would have to say no, because we were so drowned out by the place we were in and we needed something to look forward to. So we were really only focused on sunshine and being warm and having time with each other and just... Ex- and being a being giving ourselves permission to to be kids again you know and and to a degree that's still what's happening
0: you had mentioned earlier that you and ellie had gone to a conference and you had found your tribe (laughs) what did you mean by that
1: we left new zealand embracing this sort of term of digital nomadism like you could you know have a laptop and and find a way to earn money you start to wake up to that there are all these skills that you have, and you just need to package them up differently and, and do that. And so we were conscious we had skills. We didn't see ourselves as failures. We just had had a failed experience. Then location independence sort of became an alternative phrase. But as we started to network, what we fell in love with was who we deemed to be world schoolers. So that was families that had made a um, a distinct choice to travel the world with their children and educate them in in this manner and there is no right or wrong way to world school we just you know we we found ourselves dropping into these groups and learning and finding out who these families were. and eventually we came across a conference that was a gathering of these people
0: now reflecting back on what led you to this do you think it was an accident
1: It's a really good question. Um, I have become a lot more comfortable with serendipity, spirituality, and energy. I'm now way more in tune. It's like if I don't have the energy, then I I don't...
0: It ends up being unproductive work anyway.
1: Yeah, I don't fight it. If my energy can't cope with it, I don't fight it anymore.
0: I, I can't do it. If you hadn't have lost the business in New Zealand, would you have embarked on this nomadic life?
1: Uh, Probably not. If I had not read that book, we, we wouldn't have even known this lifestyle
0: existed. So everything that has happened led you to where you are now, and you're pretty happy with where you are now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've become very comfortable with serendipity, but it takes hindsight to see serendipitous events. You know, it's like COVID. For us to arrive in France and be given this beautiful house in the country to live in, one week... That was long enough to get our feet on the ground, get some food in the pantry, understand where everything is. And then suddenly the world says, you can't go anywhere. And here we are like, oh my God, you got us out of Southeast Asia. You've given our girls this countryside to play in and everyone else is stuck in these studio apartments back where we've come from. Someone was looking out for us. But that's a hindsight
0: reflection. It takes a little experience to tune into yourself. I find that sometimes if I have a question, I, I write it down. I write the question and then I have a pros and cons and I write out the pros, which are always good. I write yep. out the cons and then I look at them and then and then it turns out that the cons weren't really that big of a con. It's like I was making yeah. it up.
1: Yeah. And, you know, in fact, we've just been taught, teaching our daughter that method to help her yeah. choose where she's going to have a birthday party. So we're going, here's some techniques to help you take a big yeah. list and make it into a small one.
0: For me, it's out of my head. I I remember there was one situation where I, there's something I wanted to do, but I was afraid and I wrote down, I'm afraid. Then I followed with, what are you afraid of? And then I wrote down what the reason was and looking at it on paper, I'm like, that's it. That's nothing to be afraid of.
1: So I have a question for you then. So in that circumstance, how much did you trust your intuition?
0: At this point in my life, I trust it a hundred percent. Yeah. It took a little time to get there, though, and looking back, boy, I made some mistakes because I didn't listen to my intuition, and yeah. based on that experience, I listen to it now. You have to develop it. I've done a podcast on developing intuition as well, but I, yeah. I love that yeah. topic. But yes, yeah. just I- like anything in life, any skill, anything that you want to be good at, you just have to practice.
1: Yeah, I've, I've definitely become more comfortable with intuition, and, and I don't overanalyze it. And I guess it just falls into that just being more present, being open to the energies of the world and the flow of the world and just letting things be, including ourselves, you know, always coming back to today is all we have.
0: And tr- and quit trying to make things happen. Don't force it. If it's not coming, whatever it is you want, just step back and just be.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and, you know, audience, words don't teach, only experience teaches. But if you have a little bit of guidance and you can kind of hone in on this earlier, you're going to have much more fun on the journey for a longer period of time. Yes. Colin, do you have any plans in the near future? or Are you still letting it unfold one step at a time?
1: Uh, it, with COVID, it really is unfolding one step at a time, yeah. Um, We came to Europe because we wanted to just have a bit more flexibility of of seeing a different continent. Um, But then COVID hit and that's that's just changed the landscape completely. But I also want to say it hasn't deterred us in any way. We just, we go, all right, so we can't go here, here and here. Europe was always going to be an adventure for us, Um, specifically Eastern Europe. We're not allowed to be permanent residents. We see ourselves as location independent. We don't arrive looking to set up home we're not looking for that that's not the decision making that's going on in our head
0: so there are no plans to uh, return to new zealand or settle down at some point at this point you're very happy to continuing
1: yeah literally at the moment laura it's country it's country by country month probably month or two at a time but we're making it up as we go along we've also discovered so many alternatives so that the alternative isn't just to go back to new zealand that, that That is now just one alternative. If we stop traveling, we now understand there are hundreds of other alternatives that don't include going back to New Zealand. A whole range of alternatives have materialized that are like, well, that wouldn't be the end of the world, would it? You look around and you see old people living in so many different ways in so many different countries. You're like, there's no rule book. There's nothing forcing you into one way of it all turning out like this it's just you just got to keep expanding your mind and changing your perspective and attachment you just got to let go don't get attached to any outcome you can't get to second base with one foot on first you know so.
0: The best experiences happen when you have no plan
1: yeah when i was a younger person being driven by my career i could not have seen that relaxed side of me you just got to kind of got to let go
0: colin what advice can you give if things fall apart in your life how do you handle it
1: life is just seasons
0: and and nothing is permanent it's a moment in
1: time it will pass if i look at my life and think about the high points they were invariably preceded by a low point something in the low point happened that needed to happen that then pushed on to the next level you know, life is not a straight line up or down. It is a very wiggly line and you're going to have peaks and troughs. And your ability to cope with the troughs is is going to affect how high you can climb the peaks.
0: Good advice, Colin. It's been a delight speaking with you. I really appreciate you being on and sharing your story and this insight.
1: Thank you, Laura. Thanks for having me.
0: See? It all works out somehow, some way. If you doubt that, look back on your life and see that everything you worried about in the past somehow resolved. If you're listening right now, you have a 100% success rate of things working out for you. You can find out more about Colin, Ellie, and location-independent living in the show notes at howtolife.com slash zero three eight. Colin touched upon a few points that I have featured on previous podcasts. If you liked this episode, I recommend the very first show of 2021, episode 36, where I talk about resetting. Episodes 33 and 34 talk about travel, packing, and minimalism. Episode 26 is about turning your skill into freelancing freedom. Number 25 is how to follow your intuition. And episode four is about what to do when you don't know what to do. I love how I can cross-reference so many different shows that I've done so far. And I'm sure there's going to be many more like that in the future. There seems to be a common thread to this adult thing. Please join me again next Tuesday for more good instruction, inspiration, and insight. More good stuff is coming your way. As always, hit that five-star rating button before you sign off, please. And subscribe to the How to Life podcast and the YouTube channel. Take care, everyone. Have the very best week. And if you're keeping up with the flow, keep going. If you need a break, take a rest. You are doing a great job. It's all good. You got this.